There are people in your town that need your help right now. The federal eviction and foreclosure moratorium ended just a couple weeks ago. And yes, then it was extended again in some areas. So if not right now, they'll need help soon. They'll need to know their options. They'll need help making the best of a difficult situation. As a real estate agent, you might look at this as a great business opportunity, and it is in many ways. But maybe it's more than that, too. Maybe it can be personally rewarding. It is. When you're working with a uh, property and the occupant is in the property and you're able to help them uh, with cash for keys or solutions to uh, go to that next step of their life, that's the personal reward for me. I also love to help people create wealth. Um, Those that learn how to find these opportunities work on the investment side of things. You can either, you can buy properties for yourself. Uh, you can help your investors create wealth, or you can just help a regular owner-occupant that's looking for a really great deal find a property that they can make their own. That's the voice of Christina Griffin, one of the country's leading real estate agents when it comes to working with distressed properties. Since this segment of the market is moving really quickly right now, Christina is here to share the systems and scripts that she's used to help sell more than 2,000 distressed properties in her 20-year career. So let's find out what it takes to succeed in this evolving aspect of the market. This is The Walkthrough. Well, hello there. How are you? My name's Matt McGee. I'm the editor of Homelight's Agent Resource Center. Welcome to The Walkthrough. This is a weekly podcast. We have new episodes that come out every Monday. This is the show where you'll learn what's working right now from the best real estate agents and industry experts in the country. At Homelight, we believe in real estate agents. We are on a journey to find out how great agents grow their business, stand out from the crowd, and become irreplaceable. If you want to connect with me or with my guest today, if you want to talk more about this topic, get some of your questions answered, join us in our Facebook Mastermind group. Just go to Facebook, do a search for Homelight Walkthrough, the group will come right up. We'll also have some downloads in there to supplement what you're hearing today. I just used the word evolving to describe this part of the real estate market. Consider this. When I did today's interview with Christina Griffin, the July 31st eviction moratorium deadline was days away. And then just days after it expired, the federal government changed its mind and extended the moratorium until October 3rd. But that's only in specific parts of the country where COVID cases are rising. As I'm speaking to you right now, there are questions whether that will survive legal challenges. Now, the timing that's required to record, edit, and publish a podcast episode like this means that things could change again between the moment that I'm speaking right now and when you actually hear this. So if something you hear sounds a little bit outdated, I'll ask up front for your forgiveness. But I think you're going to find, even if the moratorium's timing continues to change, what Christina and I share today will still be helpful and still be super relevant. Foreclosures and evictions have been happening already. And even if the COVID hotspots have a two-month reprieve, it won't last forever. So with that said, let's get on with today's episode. Christina Griffin, as I mentioned, is my guest today. She is a 20-year real estate veteran. She's the leader of the Griffin Group, powered by Place. 
They're based in Tampa, Florida. She has 32 agents on her team, 15 more in operations. Christina began working with distressed properties very early in her career. Today, she has sold more than 4,000 homes total, and around 2,500 of those have been foreclosures or short sales. So she knows this stuff inside and out. In fact, she teaches a national Keller Williams class on working with distressed properties. And we're going to pull some of the material from that class and talk about it today. So listen as Christina and I talk about where this segment of the market is headed, how to prospect for distressed properties, how to approach owners and mortgage holders. We have a great listener question about how to become a bank's go-to agent and much, much more. We have a lot to talk about. So let's dive right in. Here's my conversation with Christina Griffin about working with distressed properties. Give me your thoughts on what is happening and what's going to happen over the next, you know, several months as, you know, now that this moratorium has come to an end. So in my opinion, what that means is we have millions of renters that are going to need a solution. We have millions of uh, landlords and absentee owners that also need a solution. They're either going to have to decide if they want to keep their home um, or if they're going to work out something with that particular tenant or if they're going to move forward with the eviction process. We also have millions of homeowners that are delinquent on their mortgage. Uh, One of the systems that I use um, in May, they came out with a statistic that 46 million plus homeowners nationwide are in notice of default. So us as agents, our job should be to educate the homeowners and let everyone know what their options are. I believe it's going to be a short sale market uh, personally until next year. And then the uptick of foreclosures and bank owned properties are going to occur. So I believe there's going to be an increase in inventory. If the market gets inundated with, you know, new homes for sale with more inventory, is that the kind of thing that's going to happen over time or is it going to be a flood, you know, one a one month period? Like what can we expect? I believe there's a lot of unpredictable um, things that are going to occur. I know inventory is going to go up because people are going to have no other choice but to sell their home. If you haven't paid a mortgage payment in over 12 months, Regardless if this is not like 2008, the payments are going to be added onto what they owe on the home. So when someone hasn't paid 12 to 18 months of payments, that's going to eat up a very large portion of equity. So I believe there's an, a lot of unpredictable things that are going to happen. But us as agents uh, and homeowners in general, we need to become experts and we need to be able to educate the people in our community what their options are. Let's help our listeners become experts experts, because what I'm hearing you're saying is that we know this is going to come, but there's a lot of unpredictability in terms of when and how much, but certainly it's it's going to happen to some degree. So let me ask you this, just as we start to dive into distressed real estate, how would you describe the difference between distressed sales versus traditional sales? Sure. A distressed sale is just an indicator that attaches to the property that is going to require them to sell. It could be an IRS lien, an HOA lien, taxes, probate, divorce, bankruptcy, pre-foreclosure. A traditional sale is 
they're selling because they want to, not because they have to. So many of us immediately think when you hear distress, it's pre-foreclosure. That is not the case. A distressed sale could be that there's an HOA lien and the HOA is going to foreclose on the property and the owner either has to come up with the funds or they have to sell the property to be able to pay off the HOA lien. So there's a lot of different indicators that we don't realize are out there. Um, So it's not just necessarily a pre-foreclosure. Some of these homes are already owned by the banks, right? Yes. So that is a bank-owned foreclosure. And it's called bank-owned. But uh, what I want you guys to understand is there are many different types. There's subprime. There's also uh, a lot of uh, large investment firms that are buying non-performing notes or non-performing mortgages. In that situation, when it is a bank-owned property, how does that make the transaction different? The only thing that really makes the transaction different than a traditional owner-occupant sale is there is no disclosures. They don't know any of the repair issues on the property. So you have to do your due diligence and make sure that you are inspecting the property, that you really know what the history looks like. Uh, But really, truly, that's the only difference. In most cases, you're going to have title insurance. Um, If there's not title insurance involved, they're going to disclose that, and you're going to have to agree to an exception on the title policy or a quick claim deed. However, it's it's an as-is contract with right to inspect, usually, unless you waive that. Uh, But the owner has no clue about the history of the property is really, truly the only difference. So that's a quick, high-level look at what Christina expects to happen in the coming weeks and months, as well as some key differences between distressed and traditional sales. Now, let's dive into what this means for you. How do you approach homeowners in distressed situations? How do you work with banks? All of that is still to come. First, I asked Christina, where do you find out about distressed homes in your area? So keep in mind, there's properties that prior to foreclosure or prior to uh, the uh, lien becoming due and then being forced to uh, sell the property. And then there's after the foreclosure. The great thing is uh, almost all of the servicing companies, they list the property on your multiple listings. So you're going to have national websites like auction.com, HomePath, HUD, Freddie Mac, like all of the HubZoo, the the large national websites that are going to list the properties after the foreclosure. Now, prior to the foreclosure or prior to them being required to sell the property due to a lien, uh, that's where you're going to have to learn how to utilize the data. Uh, And the data is going to be able to give you those key indicators to be able to reach out and prospect. So if uh, you get a phone number, you're going to need to make sure that you scrub it against the do not call. Uh, You can go door to door. uh, You can send a letter. uh, And you can also run attractive or different types of marketing uh, that will attract people that are in uh, that particular situation. So I would say data and knowing the resources after the property has been foreclosed on are really where an agent would go. Are are there sites out there that will tell me what houses are likely to be 
in a distressed situation? Sure. Uh, one of my favorites is PropStream. It's going to give you probably about 40 or 50 key indicators. And that will give you from probate to bankruptcy to properties with liens, HOA liens. Uh, I also, when it comes to notice of default, um, I personally am using Red X and Land Voice, and that's just for the notice of default. You can also go to a system if your multiple listing has it, uh, and it's in a large amount of the multiple listings in the country called Remind, which is R-E-M-I-N-E. So uh, there are a lot of different sites. I personally, because we do on such a high level, I love the easy button. I love to be able to have it at my fingertips. Um, now you can also get really great at combing official records. Um, most of this is in public records. Um, and, you know, that's part of what I teach is once you understand when there's liens, uh, how to access them, and then you pull those uh, lists, uh, it definitely will identify that particular data. But one thing that we forget about as agents is what our dollar per hour is. So if you have a choice on spending the money for the easy button or researching it on official records, you really need to look at what your dollar per hour is. If I'm a listener, I think I'm probably going to be, should I be checking these sites every day, once a week? How do you do it? It really depends on what your prospecting goals are. So I have a very large team. We're in eight different market centers, and I'm part of one of the largest teams in the world. And what I would tell you is how I personally do it is on Sunday, I pull the data for our inside sales team to work on. Uh, I also have a full-time runner. I pull that particular data. Um, I kind of geek out on the data. I love it. Uh, and it's a lot of fun to cross-reference the different uh, data points. Um, it, but we're, we're doing each and every day uh, notice of defaults, expireds, for sale by owners, properties with liens. Like We have certain data that we pull up each and every day that we're also reaching out to. So what I would tell you is uh, to look at what your prospecting looks like for the week. You should truly know who you're going to call or door knock or send a letter to and what that looks like and put a plan together for the week. So it's going to look different, I think, for everyone, depending on the size of their organization and what type of leverage they have in place. You've kind of touched on this a little bit. Let's dive deeper into how you approach the owners of these homes. Are there, you know, some best practices you can share? Are there some scripts you can share? Sure. Um, what I'd really recommend is a soft touch first and foremost. So many of us have people in our sphere. We have people that we know that we haven't advised them that we're community experts. So I use a lot of different uh, sources as well as our team. But first, I'd highly recommend you to reach everyone in your world. And it could be just a simple, hey, I need your address. I'd love to send you a card. And then the very next week or a few days later, send them a video and just say, if you know anyone in forbearance, foreclosure, or anyone that needs anything regarding real estate, let me know. Now, when it comes to cold prospecting and the message that is happening in, in the initial uh, start of the conversation, 
Many of you may have heard the buzz around the internet called the golden letter or the golden text or the golden message. That honestly is doing really great right now. So uh, all that looks like, and there's a few different uh, types of messages, but what that boils down to is I'm a buyer interested in buying a home in your neighborhood. Would you be willing to sell? So it's the just soft touch with them. Uh, many of them are going to come back and say, oh, I'm in bankruptcy. Oh, I'm in divorce. I have a pre-foreclosure, things to that nature. But touch them softly. And then your next follow-up would be, I see that the foreclosure is happening on X date. The only time I recommend going in, I call it hard and heavy, to be able to truly say, hey, I know you're losing your property, is a few weeks or a month out from when the foreclosure sale date happens. When you make contact with them, it's much better to be a community expert, have a softer touch with them. And then you can go in with the supporting data. But I love to um, ask the question, how many of you actually know in your direct neighborhood who's in foreclosure, who's in divorce, who's a tenant, who's expired, who's in notice of default? Um, And the data will allow you to really look at your neighborhood and have the right tailored message to be able to touch your neighbors and become that expert each and every week. Do you know someone who has a great story to tell or is someone who has a real estate superpower they can teach other agents? They should be a guest on the walkthrough. Whether it's you or another agent you know, we're always looking for new guests to join us. Think about what you would teach if you were asked to lead a class for the agents at your office. Send names and topics to walkthrough at homelight.com and tell us why you want to hear them on the walkthrough. There is so much I want to unpack from what you just said. Let me start. Let me start here. You said take a soft touch approach at first. Why is that important? Uh, Because people get offended easily. So a soft touch is going to show that you care, that you're not just asking. So I'll give you an example. For sale by owners. How many of you actually just call a for sale by owner and instead of bringing a buyer and going and previewing the home, you ask for the listing? How many of you go and say, legitimately, I have a buyer and I'd love to be able to show your property to them? What do you think the approach is going to be with that seller? They're going to want, sure, I have a buyer. Let's go look at the property versus give me the listing. That's why the soft touch is is important. You are going in with, I'm going to add value. I have a buyer and I teach how to find a buyer. Believe it or not, there's data that will actually show you who owns multiple properties in that direct neighborhood. You can pull who owns 5, 10, 100 properties and reach out to them and ask, would you be willing to buy a home in this neighborhood again? There are so many cash buyers across the country. So when you come in and add some value versus asking for something or just saying, hey, I know you you just went through a divorce or you were just filed a divorce or bankruptcy, uh, can I help you? It it really, truly um, doesn't set right and people become very defensive. You also mentioned being the community expert a couple times. What does that look like? Is that just knowing 
you know, the data in the neighborhood? Is it more than that? Great question. So that's why I always recommend approaching the people in your world, letting them know that you actually have some experience around this. Because how many people that are in your sphere do you think may not want to talk to you about the pending bankruptcy or eviction or forbearance that you're in? And they may potentially think you don't specialize in that. Maybe you just do traditional real estate. The people in our world do not know until we tell them that we can help them. So that's part of becoming a community expert. Uh, Many of you are going to have websites that have blogs uh, and being able to put articles like the moratorium ending, uh, how to work within a short sale, the CFPB, the new regulations, um, and letting people you know know that you can help so they just don't go to a random search engine and put forbearance, realtor, bankruptcy, realtor. So that's part of becoming that community expert is telling our story, but we can tell it softly. You can send a simple card and that card and that message could be whatever holiday is currently here. And on the back, you can do a small little business card and underneath it, uh, all the expertise or the different things that you can help them with. So there's a lot of really soft approaches. You, you, so you, you just mentioned sending a card. You also mentioned the golden letter earlier, a, a, another soft approach. Would you not recommend things like phone calls and door knocking? Uh, so I'm a really big fan right now, even uh, though COVID and the restrictions are lifting in certain areas. Of, I call it ding dong ditch. Uh, And what I mean by that is just putting something nice on their door. It could be a door hanger. It could be a coupon bag. It could be a simple card that is uh, slightly underneath their mattress. Make sure to not put anything in the mailbox because that's not allowed unless you put a stamp on it and you mail it traditionally. Um, However, you have to go with whatever you feel comfortable with, but respect people's boundaries. Here's the thing. You have to pick a delivery on your market marketing message. It's going to have to be door to door. You send a letter or you pick up the phone. So you do need to uh, have the indicators on if it's owner occupied or absentee. Now there's a terminology a lot of investors use called driving for dollars. And what I mean by that is when you are walking or you're in a certain neighborhood, Look at your surroundings. If there's a house that's overgrown, if there is a house that maybe the paint is needing to be uh, painted and it doesn't conform with the rest of the neighborhood, start paying attention to your surroundings and then go back and look up that data and there could be indicators that they're going through something. So just make sure to pick a vehicle and each and every week be consistent. Most of us give up if we send one mailer campaign and no one calls, but you have to be consistent and you need to do it repetitively to see those results. You're talking like an, maybe an outreach every week or so, every couple of weeks. How do you, how do you do that? Well, so it all depends on your vehicle. So many coaches will teach you that you need to prospect two hours a day. So there are, I'll give you an example. Um, How many of you call and prospect for expireds? Probably a good portion of you do. How many of you um, have issues where you're not getting a lot of people answering because they're back to work? How many of you actually go door to door and you put a simple door hanger on their door? 
when someone's working all day and they may be working and they had a 10 hour day and they come home and they have 20 voicemails, how do you set yourself apart? So I am a very big proponent of inspect what you expect. If you're calling on the phone for two hours and you get two contacts, you can take those expireds that are owner occupied or those notice of defaults or those properties with liens, put them into an app. I personally use Circuit Route Planner, which will put them all in an order uh, and put them where you uh, can get the best order with the least amount of time. And how many doors do you think you can put in two hours? That they're going to come home, they're going to get something on their door and you're Uh, contact rate is going to be a lot higher. Let me jump in for a second. I should have asked Christina to expand on that tool she just mentioned, Circuit Route Planner. A few moments ago, she mentioned delivering door hangers, cards, coupon bags, and so forth to homeowners who may need a professional's help. This app helps you do that more efficiently. It works on both Android and iOS. I'll link to it, plus all the other websites and everything Christina has shared in today's show notes. So, Now, let's get back to the conversation. Christina, we have a a listener community on Facebook, and I posted in there that we were going to be having this conversation about distressed sales, foreclosures, short sales, the whole nine yards. James Bowerman is one of our listeners. He said he had two questions for you. So let me ask the first one. He said he would love to know, is there a process for getting these foreclosures from banks as the go-to agent to list them? There is, and I teach that, but what I would tell you is uh, you have to be able to do BPOs, evaluate repairs, put no official records, be able to evaluate liens and judgments on the property. You also have to have money in the bank to be able to turn on utilities and take care of the responsibilities and have a billing department that you can submit for reimbursements. A lot of it is reaching out to them and having that value proposition and knowing who to reach out to and what to say. So I would say for those that want to get into this avenue, look at at what I just said and see if that scares you. Because I will tell you, many of you uh, and many agents, it's a misperception that they believe that we're just handed these listings and they go on the market. There are a lot of steps that have to be done. Uh, and you have to really learn uh, a lot of facets of real estate you may not know. And then it's going to come into figuring out who owns the mortgages in, in your area, who services them, because it, sometimes different regions of the U.S., it's different on who the predominant owner is. And then knowing what to reach out to them and, and uh provide that you would love to work with them. I would highly recommend any agent that wants to be a bank-owned agent to do BPOs. Um, And those are called broker price opinions. I probably did 500 plus before I got my first big break. Uh, So, you know, being able to do those and understand how to evaluate a property is important. And I do teach uh, agents how to do that. James's second question, he said, also, I work with investors who would love a first crack at these distressed properties. How is, how, how might that be possible? Is there a way to help your investors get that first crack? Absolutely. So there's no first cracks anymore when it comes to foreclosures. And uh, I'm going to tell you why. When a property goes into foreclosure, the servicing company wants to give everyone the opportunity 
to put an offer on the property. There's also something called uh, deed restrictions. And what I mean by that, it's owner-occupant and nonprofit restrictions. And those are for organizations like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, HUD. Uh, They're going to require the property on the market for a certain amount of time. What I would tell you as an agent, in order for your clients to get a first crack, you need to learn how to identify the property before it goes into foreclosure, before the lien becomes due uh, in that proverbial off market that everyone talks about. So what I teach, uh, Matt, is is agents, how to identify those opportunities like every wholesaler and investor is doing on a big scale uh, and being able to look at those different data buckets and really learn how to become a hunter before it goes into the REO status. So that's how you can give your investors that uh, first crack is learning how to become a hunter and identify those opportunities. Christina, this has been super terrific. I so appreciate you uh, educating me and our listeners more about this. What final words of advice? What are the what are your big takeaways that you would want my listeners to know about doing distressed sales? What I would say, final words of advice is uh, become a hunter, uh, become proactive. If you have clients looking for property, learn how to hunt and find those opportunities for them. Learn how to create wealth. Uh, for yourself and your clients, which that those are things that I teach you. But what I would tell you is everyone wants to be a bank-owned agent and sell hundreds and hundreds of properties and grow their business. Uh, you need to earn the right to be able to do that. And through the pre-foreclosure side of the business, you're going to be able to do that with the next wave. And what I mean by that is uh, with the millions of people in forbearance and default, They may qualify or they may not be a short sale, but keep in mind when you help them to complete a satisfactory short sale on a property and you are on top of it or your short sale negotiator is on top of it, those loss mitigators, the people that work for the servicing companies that help you negotiate uh, and they really work with you throughout the process, they are your easy button into becoming a bank-owned agent. The conversation is simple. And what that looks like is, I had a great, great experience with you. Can you advise how I can grow my relationship with your servicing company? The other facet is do some BPOs um, or leverage people in your world to do those BPOs because that is also another foot in the door. You need to learn how to properly evaluate properties. Many of you are not going to want to list bank-owned properties. Many of you are not going to want to do short sales. But many of you work with investors that want to find great deals. Your buyers want to find great deals. And you want to create wealth in your investment portfolio. And that's what I teach. So learn how to think outside of the box. And if things aren't working currently in your business, learn how to pivot, get back to basics, and learn that there's a lot of people in our world that need your help right now. That course Christina teaches is running right now. It's open to anyone in real estate, not just KW agents. It covers some of what we talked about, plus things like how to complete a short sale within two weeks, how to improve your offer acceptance rate, working with investors, banks, and institutional owners. It's a 12-week class, and they're about halfway through right now. You can still sign up and catch up on what you've missed so far because 
everything is recorded and you also have access to the material for two extra months after the class ends. Or Christina says, you can just wait for the next course launch. It'll probably happen in late September or October. I'll put a link to the course info in today's show notes. We also have some downloads related to today's episode that will be available today in our Facebook Mastermind community. I'll have more info on that in just a moment. Let's do our takeaways segment. Here's what stood out to me from today's conversation. Takeaway number one, there's a lot of unpredictability right now. Christina said she does expect inventory to go up. She thinks it'll be a short sale market first, followed by foreclosures, but how much and when? Well, that's very much up in the air. Takeaway number two, Christina said you have to know how and where to find the data. There are different sources for distressed homes in pre-foreclosure situation versus homes that have already foreclosed. Christina listed a bunch of tools and websites. Again, I'll link to all of that in the show notes. Takeaway number three, when you're prospecting, take a soft touch approach. The golden letter has been working for a ton of agents lately. It basically says, I have a buyer interested in buying a home in your neighborhood. Would you be willing to sell? Now, the letter can go a little longer than that, but that's the main point. Takeaway number four, pick a delivery method and be consistent, whether it's making calls, door knocking, or sending mailers. Christina says you need to make it part of your daily prospecting. And then takeaway number five, there's a misconception that banks just hand these properties out to agents. If you want to be their go-to agent, the way Christina described it, it kind of sounds like a grind. You really have to earn your way into that status. Christina said she did about 500 BPOs before she got her big break into foreclosures and short sales. Okay, if you have questions or feedback about today's episode, you can leave a voicemail or send me a text. The number is 415-322-3328. You can send an email to walkthrough at homelight.com or find me and Christina in our Facebook mastermind group. Just go to Facebook, do a search for Homelight Walkthrough. The group will come right up. As I mentioned, we're going to have several downloads in there available later today, different versions of that golden letter. So you can check them out, download, tweak them as needed, and use them in your business. All right, that is all for this week. Thank you so much to Christina Griffin for joining me, and thank you for listening. My name is Matt McGee, and you've been listening to The Walkthrough. At Homelight, we believe in real estate agents. We're on a journey to find out how great agents grow their business, stand out from the crowd, and become irreplaceable. Go out and safely sell some homes. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.